the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and uh, today uh, we are going to uh, do part two of our discussion that we started uh, last week related to the terror attack that took place in Turkey at the International Airport over there. And the topic that I wanted to focus on was, is Islam a religion of peace? Really not a religion of peace just for everybody. Um, I'm asking my Muslim community, is Islam a religion of peace for them? In other words, as Muslims, can they live in peace uh, within basically uh, the confines and the ideology and teachings of this religion when in fact it promotes killing even of their own from among them because the majority of people who were injured or uh, died um, in Turkey uh, were from Muslim background. Some of them came from Saudi, the, the country that all Muslims consider to be uh, the model for Islam. Now, uh, whether you agree or disagree with the interpretation and the teaching of Islam in countries like Saudi, that's that's irrelevant. I'm talking, are Muslims immune from the wrath of their own faith based on uh, how the radicals, uh, uh, radical Islamists, basically, or Muslim radicals, or the fighters for uh, uh, the Islamic State will interpret those violent commands, which, indeed, when you read them, they're commands. There is no such thing as historical context, with all due respect to all those who want to promote this idea. But I am on board to support them in any way I could, that if they, indeed, can reform Islam, can reform it, to teach such a thing, meaning reinterpret those teachings and show that Islam really is indeed, could be a religion of peace, provided you uh, rid yourself of, of some of those um, um, uh, passages, the violent passages, uh, then in this case, uh, uh, one would say, sure, uh, let, let's give it a shot and see if we can uh, do this, uh, meaning uh, reinterpret some of the ancient interpretations that date sometimes to 14, 13, 12, 10 uh, centuries ago in the history of Islam. Okay? So, let's basically uh, ask ourselves this question one more time. Does Islam promote peace? Uh, what about passages like there is no compulsion religion that is uh, in Islam, in the Quran, in chapter 2, verses 256? Is this something that still stands today? I can tell you with absolute certainty, according to the doctrine of abrogation, has been canceled, no longer applicable. No one, really, who has learned of the Quran and the science of abrogation can tell you that this verse still stands today. 
So this is what I'm talking about. Also, let's look at the uh, Quran's own teachings in terms of dealing with non-believers, for instance, within its own uh, um, you know, boundaries. Uh, chapter 39, verse 9 says, Are those who know equal to those who know not? In other words, those who know about the faith, they're not equal to those who do not. If you look at a, a verse like this, then I'm not surprised that clerks like the ISIS clerks and other radical clerks will say, this also applies to those who call themselves Muslims by name, because they do not know. Therefore, they're not equal in terms of treatment and receiving peace or any assurance of peace, basically. Is the blind equal to the one who sees, or darkness equal to light? Chapter 13, verse 16. Yet again, there are comparisons between two groups, those who are enlightened in the teaching of Islam and those who are still in the darkness, not knowing what Islam teaches. You make up your own mind if some cultural Muslims are included in there. A believing slave, meaning a Muslim slave, is superior to an unbeliever. The unbeliever doesn't have to be a slave. And, and by the way, when we talk about slavery in Islam, I'll, I'll elaborate further on this. Here Islam is saying there is different classes of Muslims. One of them is the class of Muslim slaves. And Islam is saying even a slave Muslim is going to be superior to a non-Muslim infidel, as if the slaves are a category on and of themselves. In other words, there is no equality between a slave Muslim and a Muslim. But, but that will be for a future topic to talk about. You find this uh, reference, by the way, in chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 221. Um, the Islamic community in and of itself is uh, taught to be superior to all other communities of non-Muslims. Chapter 3, verse 110. You are the best of mankind. You are the best of peoples evolved from mankind's enjoining what is right forbidding what is wrong and believing in Allah, if only the people of the book, that means the Christians and Jews, had faith, it were best for them. Among them are some who have faith, but most of them are perverted, perverted transgressors. So if you're a Christian or a Jew, I pretty much doubt you can say that with certainty you have peace based on these kind of teachings. So, and, and also, let's look at another one. Um, the very first chapter in the Quran, when you open the Quran, the very first one known as the opener, chapter 1, this is what it says in verses 6 and 7. The Muslims are praying here. And of course, in that case, the Prophet of Islam also, when it was revealed, was praying to God saying, keep us, God, keep us on the right path. In other words, Islam is still, you know, obviously not the right path. You still need God to guide you through this Islam to stay on the right path. Just by following Islam uh, yourself, you can't really make it. You still need God to help you within Islam to stay on the right path. So if you stray, guess what? You'll be punished. The path of those upon whom you has bestowed favors. So you know this? Within Islam, if you stay in a straight path, you have more favors than others who are not on that path. And then the prayer makes a comparison to others who are not on this path as well. Not the path of those upon whom your wrath is brought down or revealed, or those who go astray. These two groups, most 
commentators agree that they apply to the Christians and the Jews. In fact, when in Sahih Bukhari, the collection of Hadith, Bukhari, in uh, volume 56 or uh, uh, chapter 56, if you want to call it, Hadith number 662, the Prophet was asked, is this a reference to the Jews and the Christians? And the answer was, whom else would it apply to? So, you get it. So, um, uh, you know, th- this is basically the fundamental question that we've been asking last time and we continue to ask today. Is Islam a religion of peace? And part two of it, is it a religion of peace to the Muslims? If you're a Muslim today, do you feel peaceful? Do you feel at peace? Do you think the religion will protect you? Or are you going to find yourself a victim of the same attacks that are taking place against innocent lives? Okay? A prophet of Islam taught this. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, and those with him are harsh against the unbelievers and merciful among themselves. Chapter 48, verse 29. Contrast this now with the teaching of Christ. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecuted you. Here in chapter 48, verse 29 in the Quran, it says that you ought to be harsh against your enemies. Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 says you ought to pray for your enemies. Contrast the two and tell me, do you honestly believe Islam promotes peace? and promotes peace to any other minorities, including Muslims, that ISIS claim that they are hypocrites, not followers of the true Islam, because the majority of, for instance, refugees are Muslims caused by ISIS. Majority of victims lately have been Muslims. Majority of attacks took place in an Islamic country like Turkey and in Somalia. So you... Obviously, as a Muslim person, I have to ask yourself this question. How can Islam be a religion of peace if indeed it doesn't offer peace to anyone within its boundaries? And this is really the problem that we have to face. Compare, for instance, the teaching of the Bible. You basically would read things like this um, in Isaiah The book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3, it says this. You, speaking to God, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. By virtue of someone believing in God and trusting in him, God keeps him in not just peace, in perfect peace. That's why you see Christians all the time, despite all the atrocities that are happening, still have peace, joy, They worship, they sing hymns, they praise God. They understand that everything that happens around them will work out for good, that God's purposes will be fulfilled through even the most evil acts around them. Where do they get this from? Main sources, from the Word of God. Where do the jihadis get their teaching from? From the Quran itself. That's the dilemma that we have. In 1 Peter the first epistle, first letter of Peter, chapter 5, verse 7, it says this, Casting all your anxieties on him, the pronoun him is reference to God. In other words, you believers, cast all your anxieties on God. Why? Because he, God, cares for you. 
Okay? This is why, as a believer in Christ, I do experience peace. In fact, I experience peace that surpasses all understanding. Not just any peace. Why? Because I trust in the promises of God, and God also fulfills His promises. You want peace guaranteed? Christ is the way to it. Christ is the only way to get that peace. Guaranteed. It's not wishy-washy, not maybe, not different categories. No. You follow Him, you have peace that surpasses all understanding. Look what the Lord says in His Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 of Matthew's Gospel, verse 9. Blessed, happy are they. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You will be called the son of God by promoting peace and making peace. Now, if Islam is a religion of peace, it ought to be promoting peace, not violent. Where are the peaceful Muslims? Why aren't they rising against the supposed corruptors and perverters of Islam, if indeed that's the case? Or do you really know that they are taking passages from your primary sources and you have a dilemma? How can you convince even the most nominal Muslim that they ought to ignore those kind of teaching? You see, that's what I meant when I said last time, last episode, last week, that a kingdom divided among itself will not stand, is not of God. You cannot say, I follow God, and in the same community you have people who basically contradict the same teaching you claim come from the same God that they're following. Because you have the Mecca Muslims who promote the peaceful passages in the Quran, and the Medina Muslims who promote the violent passages in the Quran, which, by the way, one would argue that the violent passages canceled the peaceful. But let's look at that this way. You have the Mecca Muslims, the Medina Muslim, and then you have the reformers who wants to really pick and choose and reconcile and choose things that are applicable for today and ignore passages of violent. The problem is the reformers are faced with a big dilemma because they ought to really prove it to the Mecca Muslims and to the Medina Muslims that their way of interpreting the Quran today in the 21st century are the correct way of doing so. Look what Islam, uh, what the Bible teaches in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you. Okay? If possible, so far as it depends on you. You have the choice. Live peaceably with all. You see, God is saying, you know, I'm a God of peace, but I want to leave it up to you. Do you want to really live in peace? Do you want the world around you to experience my peace? Now, you know, the, the, um, the Grand Mufti the grand clerk of Al-Azhar University in Cairo, one of the most ancient Islamic, basically, institutions, universities, uh, uh, in, uh, basically, uh, uh, teaching uh, uh, places, uh, and also their decisions usually are considered to be binding. Nevertheless, this is what the Grand Mufti says. He says he believes Europeans will die uh, by fitra, meaning uh, uh, as if they were born like children, they haven't committed any acts against God or rebellions. Because of the ISIS attacks, he says, because of the ISIS perverted explanations and interpretations of Islam and the violence that they are promoting, they are giving the Europeans today the impression that Islam is a religion of violence. Therefore, it is not the fault of the Europeans. And therefore, when the Europeans die, they're going to go to heaven. The problem is this. 
The Grand Mufti of Egypt can't send people to heaven. Only Christ can get you to heaven. In John 14, verse 6, our Lord said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. No one can get to heaven except through Jesus. With all due respect, I, I appreciate what the Grand Mufti is trying to say here, but nevertheless, uh, his statement is going to mislead yet millions of people to think that they are going to heaven. No one will make it to heaven without Christ. That's a fact. You can disagree with me, but you know what? This fact is the truth. You want to take your chance and wait until you make it to the other side of this life and then discover that what I'm sharing with you was the truth. Unfortunately, there is no ticket back. It's a one-way, not a round trip, that you can examine and come back and give it a shot for the second time. It was granted for man to live once and then judgment. That's why those kind of topics are very important because we are dealing with a very important issue here. It's your soul. Literally, if you're not living the peace that this religion promotes, then you ought to ask yourself, why isn't my own religion, the supposedly religion of peace, not promoting peace within the Islamic community? Forget about promoting it outside. If the Muslims cannot live in peace in their own religion, within the boundaries of their own Islamic states, countries, nations, and there is a problem here. And Muslims ought to ask themselves this fundamental question. Once again, what does the Bible teach when it comes to peace? What does the Lord of the Bible teach about peace? Here is what one of the teachings are found in the first letter of Peter. First Peter chapter 3, verse 11 says, Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Talking commandments to the believers. Let him turn away from evil. Do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. In Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You see, it's only God. It's always God. Without Him, without His power, we cannot experience peace whatsoever. Hebrews 12, verse 14, Strive for peace with everyone. You see, the Bible encourages you to do whatever it takes to have peace. Notice, with everyone. It didn't say with believers only. No, with everyone. That includes non-believers. That includes Muslims. That includes Hindus. That includes Jews. That includes everybody. The Bible teaches peace with everyone. Here's what the verse says again. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness of without which no one will see the Lord. You see, uh, the Lord, the Bible, doesn't teach wishy-washy believers. You really ought to live the life that represents Christ. When we pray and we say, Hallowed be thy name, meaning, may your name become holy, well, God's name is holy already. God's name is holy. Why are we praying that His name will be holy? 
Because when you live this holiness, you are an ambassador for the holy God. And the world will look at you and say, I want to be like this community. I want to be like this believer of Christ. Because the life he's living promotes peace. I sense peace in his life. I sense peace dealing with them. I love this kind of life. That's where the holiness of God is presented. And that's when God will be glorified. Because the person who wants to follow Christ as a result of your holy life is glorifying God by believing in him. Ask yourself this question as a Muslim person. Do you think these actions in, uh, by the Islamic jihadis promote the holiness of God? Isn't the Grand Mufti of Egypt, Al-Azhar, is right to say that the ISIS actions deterring people from following Islam and turning them off on that? He's right. What, what good are you seeing in this faith that kills people left and right? What good are you seeing in a faith uh, that is promoting violence and people are even applying it in a month that is considered to be the most holy of holy months, basically, the month of Ramadan, supposedly the month that should Muslim, Muslim should experience peace? This is why. This is a fundamental question that we ought to ask ourselves this over and over and over again. And I'm speaking, of course, to my Muslim people. And I encourage you as believers who are listening to this particular episode and the episode before last week, uh, the, the one from last week, I should say, and this one, part one, part two, to make every effort to allow some Muslims to listen to it, if you could, through your network, through your contacts, because we want our Muslim people to ask these fundamental questions. This is very crucial for them to ask. Is this a religion that promotes peace? How would it promote peace when you read things like this in chapter 3 of the Quran, verse 157? And if you are slain or die in the way of God, forgiveness and mercy from God are far better than all they could amass. And if you die or slain, lo, it is unto God that you are brought together. Talking about dying for God. How will you die for God? Chapter 3, verse 169, think not of those who are slain in God's way are dead. Okay, promoting jihad in the name of God. Chapter 3, verse 195, those who have fought or been slain, verily I will plot out from them their iniquities, meaning their sins, and admit them into gardens, that's paradise, with rivers flowing beneath, a reward from the presence of God. You wonder why these young men are left and right, willing to go and fight and die. I mean, you look at the uh, video footage of that one of those assailant in the uh, airport in Turkey. He was shot more, more than once. He was on the ground already, and he's still fixated on blowing himself up. Why do you think he wants to do this? Because he wants to achieve, basically, the rewards that are mentioned in here. Is this a God that is promoting peace? Or is he a God that is promoting violence? Chapter 3, verse 195 of the Quran. Those who have fought or been slain, verily, I will plot out from them their iniquities. Okay? Chapter 4, verse 101. For the unbelievers are unto you open enemies. Did you catch this? The unbelievers are unto you open enemies. This is like open hunting season, basically. That's what it is. And by the way, the clerks for ISIS will tell you the unbelievers include Muslims who do not practice Islam according to their own understanding. 
I can go on and on and on by talking about these issues. My heart is heavy, is broken. My heart is really broken for my Muslim people. My prayer uh, to you is to this, is this, to extend to you the arm uh, of invitation to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Lord of peace, the Prince of peace. Only he can give you that peace and only he can guarantee you that way to heaven and paradise without you having to shed a single blood because he did it for you on a cross. As always, you can get in touch with me by emailing me directly at Sira Ministries, plural, Sira Ministries at gmail.com. And you can listen to any of these shows on our uh, social media platform called SoundCloud. You just go to SoundCloud and uh, search for Let Us Reason or even download the app for SoundCloud or the app for the KPXQ 1360 um, Faith Talk. And you can search for the show Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi. Until we meet next week, have a blessed day. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.